You're listening to the Warrior Priest Podcast. And this is the Warrior Priest Podcast, midweek debrief number 71. And I am the Warrior Priest, Donovan Riley. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you missed the podcast last week, that's because there was no episode of the podcast last week. I took a week off to do a fight camp and prep for competition this past Saturday at Naga, North American Grappling Association Tournament. And it was a very good experience. I am very happy with the results, even though I lost my fight. I'm very happy with the outcome of the fight, paradoxically enough, because I am a purple belt. I received my purple belt in about five years. And I competed against a black belt, Carlos Gracie black belt, with at least double my experience in jiu-jitsu and triple to quadruple my experience in wrestling, a very high-level wrestler. And I was able to hold guard against him, and he ended up winning 4-0 on points, but he was unable to submit me. I defended all of his submission attempts. I was able to attempt three submissions of my own that he essentially batted aside. Very good top pressure, as any experienced wrestler would have. Very slick, very tight, no fat on the bone, single leg takedown. Very impressive. And yet, all in all, I was pleased with my performance, like I said, because he was unable to submit me. He was unable to control me on the ground other than to just pin me. And every time he attempted a submission or attempted to improve his position, I was able to defend it and counteract it. It was a great encouragement to me then to lose 4-0 rather than being submitted in 13 seconds. And I walked away from it feeling like I leveled up in a certain sense. It gave me renewed enthusiasm and encouragement to lose, actually, because I know that there were certain things I could have done differently that I could have chosen to do different. But all in all, technique-wise, he was just better than I was. I didn't make any gross mistakes, no errors in judgment. I was in the pocket. I was reactive. I wasn't overthinking. And so I walked away very pleased with myself. Simultaneous to that then is my birthday, which came just after that. I'm recording this July 14th, 2021. My birthday was yesterday, July 13th. I was born about 1048 in the evening, July 13th, 1971, when a double tornado touched down in Brainerd, Minnesota, knocking out the power for half the city. So as my mother likes to tell me every year, on my birthday, that was a harbinger of things to come as far as my personality and who I am as a person. But I'm 50 now, and thank God genetically I've been blessed by my family that I don't have gray hairs and I don't look my age, and often I don't act my age. But turning 50, it's kind of a milestone to say I'm a half a century old. That gives one a perspective uh, more than anything. <laughs> But if I can share one thing, one gold nugget, one piece of treasure out of the trove with you who are younger than I am, it's this. At 50 years old, I know that I know almost nothing and that I don't have control over most of anything. The older I get and the more that I experience, the more aware I am, the more that the good Lord opens my eyes to see and my ears to hear, I don't know. 
and I know less with every year because I see the world and I see people and I interface with reality. And the more that I do that, the more that I understand that I don't, I don't know, I don't have the answers and I don't need to have the answers. I I don't need to know, I don't have to have an opinion on everything, even though obviously I do two podcasts, so I have plenty to plenty to spit out into the world as far as my opinion. But that's just because I like to think out loud. But it is true that I actually consider it a great blessing and a gift to be able to say to you today, I, I don't know. And I'm very content and satisfied knowing that I know nothing and that my life is a dust speck in relation to time, in relation to other people. And as I said to my wife yesterday, birthdays for me anyways are a kind of sobriety check because I can take a step back and the thousand or so people that follow me on Instagram, the people that listen to this podcast, the people that listen to my other podcast, which just hit over 300,000 downloads, the book, the articles, when I was able to tour and, and do speaking engagements on college campuses and at different conventions and conferences and retreats, All of those people who follow me, who buy my product, who consume what I put out into the world, many of them consider themselves my friends. And we interface, we talk, we text, whatever it might be. Maybe if I'm at a conference, we we have five, 10 minutes, maybe a couple hours to just kind of sit around and, and catch up. But it's your birthday. And you find out very quickly who your true friends are and who your true family are on your birthday because... They take you out to lunch, like my friends Josh and Alicia did yesterday. Or they text or call to say, hey, it's your birthday. And nowadays with smartphones, there's really no excuse to miss someone's birthday. (laughs) You just put it on Google Calendar and it alerts you. But by and large, four, five, five people said happy birthday to me on my birthday. One was my mom, one was my wife, Josh and Alicia, my two friends. And then, oh no, two other people texted me. So six, but that's it until I posted a picture of me and the kids um, having cake and ice cream last night at my birthday party with my, with my family. And then people said happy birthday, but one, I don't advertise my birthday because it's just another day. And to me, it's just an arbitrary number. I feel better at 50 than I ever have felt in my entire life. I feel better equipped to deal with reality at 50 than I have ever felt in my entire life. I'm more satisfied with what I have and with what I've lost than at any other time in my life. And I think that's what comes with age is that maturation is being seasoned and that you live more often with failure and loss than with success. In fact, I would argue that that is the true definition of wisdom, especially practical wisdom. It's just a lifetime of failure. And then learning from those failures what to do and what not to do in certain situations. That to me is is true wisdom. It's wisdom born out of experience. Street smarts, so to speak. But what I learned from my birthday, the sobriety check I'm talking about, is you find out who your true friends are. And then you discover who are simply consumers of you. People consume what I write. They consume what I produce um, for the podcast. They consume the books. They consume me on social media, as I consume others on social media. I'm not exempt from this. But if you think the people on social media are your friends, they're not. 
They're consumers of the product that you put out there. They agree with you ideologically, theologically. They agree with your lifestyle because it parallels with their lifestyle. And you get this siloing effect that we're all aware of that happens on social media. You tend to follow and friend people who share similar values, similar hobbies, similar likes and interests. And along the way, you weed out those who you follow or are friends with who don't. And it creates this siloing effect where it's an echo chamber of just yes people who are always affirming you and really never questioning you or critiquing you because they're consuming what content you're putting out there and you're consuming what content they put out there. But that's all you're doing. You're consuming each other. You are a product. And when it comes to your birthday, then those who remember your birthday, who go out of their way to take you out for lunch or dinner, who buy you a present, who text you to say, hey man, happy birthday, glad you're in my life, I appreciate you. Those are your friends. Others who have to be alerted to the fact that it's your birthday, they're not your friends. They're acquaintances, they're followers, like I said, they're consumers of you. And it's a nice moment for me anyways to say to my wife, there are a lot of people that I'm acquainted with, a lot of people I call brother or sister, they're my teammates, they're people at my congregation that I serve, people that I interface with on a weekly basis. But on my birthday, it's just another day to them. They're not my friends. They're acquaintances, they're consumers. And that's okay. Because as Jordan P has talked about, as Brene Brown has talked about, as many others have talked about, in this life, you are truly blessed to have two or three close friends in your whole life. And I mean like ride or die kinds of friends. But along the way, you usually have friends that are acquaintances. You share the love of a hobby. You're both big bowlers. You love chess. You love collecting comic books. You like playing video games. Whatever it might be, you share a love of a common pursuit, and therefore it's more a friendship of utility, a friendship of, hey, we share this hobby. But if you decide along the way, you know what, bowling's not for me. I'm going to try free climbing. You're going to lose those friends that bowl every Thursday night, right? Walter, he's not going to be your buddy anymore. And... That's just the way it is. By the way, that's a Lebowski, big Lebowski reference, if you didn't catch that. Walter Subcheck and Donnie, of course. But that's what most friendships are. They're friendships of utility. They're friendships of convenience. And a ride or die friend is always going to be there for you. They have always been there for you. They're the friends that you can call in the middle of the night and say, hey, man, I need you to help me bury a body. I need, to help, I need you to bail, bail me out of jail. I got this. I'm in a jam. I'm, I'm drunk. And I don't know who to call. And I can't call my wife because I've fallen off the wagon too many times and she's had it with me. I need you to come and pick me up at the bar and I need you to help me get, get clean and sober again. I need you to take me to rehab, whatever it might be. Those are your true friends. Those are the ride or die people. And I think those are the be valued above all other acquaintances and relationships that we have. So along the same lines, I was thinking about this last night at the gym when I was teaching, is I'm 50. And I'm the oldest person at my gym, and I'm always the oldest person at any tournament that I'm competing at. I was, I actually walked up to my opponent on, on Saturday and, and introduced myself and said, I, I am so grateful that you're here and that I finally get to fight against someone who's my own age because he was 47. And the closest I've ever come to fighting against someone my own age was someone who was 42 when I was 49 or 48. So I just appreciate someone who's moving at my speed through life and I didn't have to face off against these 19 and 20 year old savages. But it brings up a broader question then 
that I get asked by non-jujitsu practitioner, non-Muay Thai practitioners, civilians basically, which is how old is too old to start BJJ, to start Muay Thai, to do mixed martial arts. And I always say there is no age because age is an excuse. It's not a disadvantage. It's an excuse. It's just that you have to taper and, no, not taper. Um, what's the word? Tailor your training to your age. You have certain limitations at 50 that you didn't have when you were 30. You don't move at the same speed. You have different aches and pains. It's like people say, after 30, a lot of injuries just become permanent. And that's especially true as you get older. In a sense, again, like I said, I'm genetically blessed. I'm kind of a freak in that I have really flexible hips. I have great footwork. I apparently am very durable. I've never really had a major injury, a catastrophic injury in five and a half years of BJJ and Muay Thai. And I usually just have bumps, bruises. I've got fluid on an elbow. I've got a jacked up wrist. I got an edema on my shin from kicking somebody in the knee in Muay Thai. You know, just the usual stuff that you get from training five, six, seven days a week. So when people ask me, how is it that I'm able to do that and run my own gym and be a pastor and teach at another gym and do the podcast and, and write and, and write books and do all the stuff that I do, one is you have to be very deliberate about it and you have to basically strip away everything in life that's not necessary, that you don't believe is necessary. And it takes time. I started doing this when I was 35, simplifying my life, sorting out what was necessary and unnecessary, what Annie and I thought was important and relevant and vital for us as a couple and as a family and who we surround ourselves with as far as friends go and acquaintances. It takes time and it takes, like I said, a very deliberate mindset to say we're going to simplify and simplify and simplify to the bare necessities, the bare necessities of life, to quote the Jungle Book. And so people ask, well, when is it too late to train jujitsu, for example, because it's so violent. People on the outside of jujitsu like myself, and maybe you, if you don't do jujitsu, you watch it from the outside and think to yourself, well, that looks like pure chaos and savagery. I don't want to do that. And then if you've ever watched a Muay Thai fight, good Lord, getting hit in the forehead, getting cut open with elbows, getting kneed and dumped, getting knocked out with a head kick, getting liver punched and dropped. Like you see that stuff and you say to yourself, uh-uh, not for me. Like normal people say that. So now you're 40 years old, you're 45, you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, you're 80 even. And you're saying to yourself, well, obviously I'm far too old to do that. No, you're not. You just have to tailor your training program to your age and your physical or mental or emotional limitations. And don't compare yourself to the 23-year-old savages who usually have no earthly responsibility except to themselves. They don't have a mortgage. They don't have kids that need to be picked up from daycare. They don't have a spouse who's got a full-time job and needs you to go grocery shopping on your way home from work because she just doesn't have time to do that this week. They don't have those things hanging over them. And as you get older, people tend to fill their lives with responsibilities. But also what I've noticed is if you're not careful, you fill your life with trivialities and distractions. And therefore you appear to be living a busy life and you appear to have a lot going on, but a majority of that is time consumption. It's all of these vampiric relationships, all these parasitic things that you allow to attach to yourself that steal your time. They rape you of your time 
because they're unwanted things, but they just find their way into your life and then they're just there like barnacles on a ship. So one, I think that's key, is you have to decide, why do I want to do this? And once I start, am I willing to give it the time it deserves for my body and my mind and my emotions to acclimate to a very radical change in my physical, mental, and intellectual activities? Are you willing to give it three to six months? Because there is an entry fee, physically speaking, intellectually, and emotionally. In my, in my experience, there is an entry fee that you pay because you have to learn how to train for your age. You have to learn how to roll and spar specifically for your age. And everybody's different in my experience. Like I said, I'm 50, but at least according to most people, I look like I'm 35 or 40 and physically I'm just a freak. So, and I've never been great at, the, at athletics. I, I want to add that too. I've never been a star track athlete or basketball player or anything. I was slightly above average as a sprinter. I was average as a basketball player, but I never really had the drive or the commitment or the discipline to push myself. But I can say for my age, for jujitsu, for Muay Thai, for my age, I'm a freak. I really am. But I have to work really hard to maintain my body and mind and emotional equilibrium. So I can't just eat whatever I want. I can't just go to bed whenever I feel like it. I can't just train and go hard every day. I have to be very smart about what I eat, how I sleep, how I train. Everything about what I do has to be calculated and it has to be on purpose. It has to be deliberate because I can't just jump in and start sparring with some young buck who needs uh, tune-up sparring for his or her fight that's coming up. But that being said, then I wanted to read an article by Chris Zahar or Zahar from jujitsutimes.com. As always, I'll include a link in the show notes. But just to say to you who are younger, be aware of the fact that the old woman and the old man at your gym, they're not built like you anymore. <laughs> and therefore, they can't go like you. They can't train twice a day every day. They're not there to compete at Naga or go to Nogi Worlds in Texas this year. They're there to improve themselves and improve their life. And like my gym is a competition kind of gym in jiu-jitsu. We have a lot of people. When we show up for a competition, we're probably going to win the team points competition just by virtue of the fact that so many of us compete in so many different divisions. When we show up, it's like 20 or 30 people. It's like a militia. So everybody at my gym is, not everybody, I'm sorry, a majority of people that train at my gym are usually training for some sort of competition or at least training at the level of if I were to compete, I would be ready to do so. We have plenty of people that they do it just to get in shape and build self-confidence. We have plenty of those folks too. And we have a huge kids class and same thing. The kids class, we don't expect them to compete if they don't want to. We're just here to teach them jujitsu and help them improve their life overall. But in the adult class, by and large, that's the way it is. So I tell people, listen, if you're younger and you see the old guy or the old woman nursing that injury, wearing that knee brace, wearing that elbow pad, sitting out and watching jujitsu, and you think to yourself, why are they always injured? They must be really fragile or they're just not training the right way. Maybe. Or also consider they're older. 
That means that their body has more wear and tear. There's more miles on the treads. They get injured more easily, especially when they first start out and their body is not acclimated to the wear and tear of jujitsu and Muay Thai. They need time. And the best thing, in my opinion, that you can do for the folks that are older than you in jujitsu and Muay Thai is to roll with them to their age, not to yours. Roll with them, flow with them, work with them to build their confidence, but also to build that sense of camaraderie that keeps them coming back and training through injuries and bumps and bruises and recognizing there is a place for you here. You don't have to be 28 years old and in the prime of your life to train in this martial art. So have compassion, show kindness toward them and understand you're in a place where you can stay up till three in the morning, drink, smoke pot, show up hungover, roll for three hours and sweat out your hangover. You can show up at a tournament and just on raw athleticism, compete and get on the podium. But for those of us who are older, it doesn't work that way. Not for very many of us. We have to commit ourselves to this discipline, this art. So that's why older folks, in my experience, especially when I encounter you know, men and women at other gyms who are around my age, it's not a hobby for us. Once we buy into Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, it's not a hobby. It has to become a full-time part of our life. It's almost like a job to eat right, to sleep right, to do everything right in our regular life so that when we get to the gym, we can actually train and train at a level that we want to hold ourselves to, but also so that we can interface and engage and train with people that are younger than us. And even maybe on the rare occasion, you do have a 60, 70-year-old or an 80-year-old in your gym, you can train with them too. So just keep that in mind. The old timer that seems to always be injured is injured because there's a lot of mileage on those tires. They don't bounce back from injuries the same way that you do. Likewise, for those of you who are older, relax. Don't try and keep up with the young people. Don't roll at the pace of the young men and women. Understand, that's not how we do. You don't have those quick twitch muscles anymore, but you do have that old man and that old woman muscle stamina. You got the grips. Slow things down. Bring the fight to you. Understand your limitations. Accept your limitations. And then you're free, in my opinion, to have fun and to learn and to have that camaraderie with people that are younger than you are most of the time. Because for me, that's what keeps me young in my mindset is that I'm around younger people and it energizes and invigorates me to be around them. So I don't see the world like well, I'm 50 now, I'm a half a century, been around the block a couple times. Let me pull up a chair, kids. Let me, let me drop some homespun wisdom on you while we sit around the campfire and make s'mores. I don't see the world that way. I don't feel old and I don't think of myself as an old man. Part of it's just physical, but other part of it is that intellectual side of me, that emotional side of me that's like I interface more often with people younger than me. And it, like I said, it energizes me because I see those people excited about life and how jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai expands into the rest of their life, and it motivates them and it propels them to try new things and to do different things and to be adventurous. And I say to myself, yeah, I can do that at 50. Why can't I do that? I can do that. What's holding me back? Myself. And why? Because I listen to the civilians around me who are 50 with their aches and their pains and their arthritis, and their type 2 diabetes and all their health problems and complaining about their job or complaining about their spouse or their family. They've lost that sense of curiosity and wonder about the world. 
they've settled. They're no longer excited. They're old. And at least for myself and for my wife, we just don't function that way. I mean, another part of that is I have a three-year-old daughter, so that also helps keep me young. <laughs> I don't want to become decrepit so that I'm that guy on graduation day when my daughter's friends are like, hey, it's so cool that your grandpa came to your graduation. And she's like, yeah, my grandpa, that's right. That's who that is. I don't want to be that dad. I want to be the dad who other kids are like, I wish my dad were like your dad. I wish my dad looked as good as your dad does at 64, 65. I wish my dad would train like your dad. I wish my dad would do what your dad does for you and with you. Because that's the other thing that martial arts has given us as a family. Because all my kids train in jujitsu, all my kids train in Muay Thai. And even my three-year-old does Muay Thai. And it draws us, it binds us together as a family because that's a shared experience that we have. You know, when I roll with my son who's 18, my oldest is 18. So you do the math. I have a three-year-old and an 18-year-old and then I have three other kids in between those two. But when I roll with my 18-year-old, that's a bond that we have now. That intimacy of rolling together, of sparring together. When I spar in Muay Thai with my 14-year-old daughter, that's a level of intimacy that most parents never get to enjoy with their kids. That's a shared experience that no one can ever take away from us. So long after I'm in the ground and my kids listen to the podcast like this when they get together for holidays or reunions or whatever, and they want to hear their dad's voice again, they're going to listen because they're going to remember we had this. And for all the ups and downs of our relationship as parent and child, the one thing that was constant throughout all of it is that my dad showed up for me and my mom showed up for me. And they taught me how to defend myself, to take care of myself. They taught me how to think for myself. And they encourage creativity and curiosity and a sense of wonder about the world. They encourage us to be adventurous in the way that we think and talk and act. And at the core of that then, and what made that possible was jujitsu and Muay Thai. And it's what keeps me young then, so to speak. It's what allows me to say about 50, it's just a number. It's just an arbitrary number assigned to me. It means nothing. Am I like other 50-year-olds? No. No, I'm not. Thank God for that. But it's jujitsu and Muay Thai, and it's my teammates in particular, and my coaches, that gave me that gift. So that being said, then, here's four reasons to stop asking if you're too old for jujitsu, which I would also argue is the same question for Muay Thai, which I would argue is the same question for anything that you do in life. Are you too old for X? So one commonly asked question in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, am I too old to train? The answer to this question is always no, and is usually followed by touching and sometimes long-winded explanations of why anyone, regardless of age, gender, or physical ability, can take part in the world's most egalitarian martial art. And I'm sure some of you are familiar, if you're on social media, if you're in the BJJ world, there's a famous meme that made its way around a while ago of a 98-year-old man on his birthday saying, you know, holding up a sign that says, I love BJJ. 98 years old, I think he was, yeah, he was born in 1916 when he held up this little piece of paper with this written on it. He's 98 and he trains jujitsu. Does he train like a 25-year-old? Of course not. Does he train like me? Of course not. He trains like a 98-year-old man. And you know what? He doesn't look 98. He looks like a lot of 60-year-olds that I know. Why? Because that stuff keeps you young and it keeps you active and alive. 
So is, are you too old? No, you can be 98 and roll. So no excuses there. So as the author says, though, this article is not going to be one of those explanations. Instead of repeating or paraphrasing the age-old cliche about jujitsu being quote-unquote for everyone, and I do believe that, jujitsu is for everyone, it's just not for everyone. Or I would put it this way. Jujitsu is for anyone, but it's not for everyone. Anyone can try jujitsu. Anyone can take that free class. Anyone can go into a gym and try it out. But jujitsu isn't for everyone. And people find that out too. I have hundreds of people at this point um, have started and then quit Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, and I've never seen them again. It is for anyone to come in and, and try it, but it's just not for everyone. And I think that's okay. But you again, it's the same thing. You have to recognize, is this for me? Is this something that I'm going to be passionate about? Is, am I passionate about it? If you're not, ask yourself why. And then maybe it isn't for you. Maybe karate's for you or kickboxing, or some other martial art. But give it a chance. It is for anyone, it's just not for everyone. So the author says, I'm going to argue that the question of age in jiu-jitsu should not even be asked in the first place. Though I sympathize with the people who ask it, being that I was once nervous about taking up BJJ, it is a question that not only wore out its welcome a long time ago, but undermines a person's will to take the necessary first step of his or her potential jujitsu journey. The only thing too old for jujitsu is the question of whether or not you are too old for jujitsu. And here then are four reasons you need to stop asking it. One, it is baseless. Some of the worries quote unquote older people have about starting jujitsu are this. Well, they might get hurt. I can tell you this. It doesn't matter how old you are you're going to get hurt if you train jiu-jitsu regularly. Just wear and tear on the body, it happens. Two, they don't want to be the old guy or gal at the gym. I actually enjoy being the old guy at the gym. It's a good excuse when I don't want to roll a spazzy white belts. <laughs> so take that into consideration. There, I just gave away one of my trade secrets. Three, they won't live long enough to get their black belt. And yes, I've actually heard this one. That's true, but is that the only reason you're training, to get a black belt? Because that is definitely not a good reason to start jiu-jitsu, or train jiu-jitsu. It should be one of your goals, but in my opinion, it should be like tertiary, like three, four, five, six down the list of actual goals. So to all of which I would reply, number one, roll light. <laughs> Two, no one cares about your age. It's true. They don't. They only care that you show up and you're a good teammate. Three, die with a purple belt around your waist. Yeah. Be satisfied to be a blue belt or a purple belt. Be satisfied with jujitsu, not with the belt. If I had to give up my purple belt in order to train in jujitsu, like if I moved and, and started at a different gym and they just said, hey man, in this gym, you're not purple belt level. We'd like to start you at white belt and then we'll see how you do. And a year from now, maybe we'll bring you up to blue or purple belt if we think you deserve it. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Because I don't live or die. My identity isn't attached to a belt that I put around my waist. My identity is attached to me as a Christian man. And then secondly, to jujitsu. Jujitsu is why I do it. Not for the belt, not for the medals, but for the jujitsu. Same thing with Muay Thai. There's no belt system in Muay Thai. I actually like that. There's some people that get frustrated with that and quit because it's hard to measure progress sometimes when there's no belt system. I get that especially for Americans. We love to have those 
check marks, those boxes that we can check off and say, I accomplished this. I did this. Look on my wall. It's hanging right there. It shows you I'm this guy or I'm this woman versus, yeah, but if you took all that away, who would you be? So yeah, don't do it for the belt. Do it for the love of the game, son. Do it because you love jujitsu. You love Muay Thai. You love this art and you would do anything to keep doing it and to maintain it. So the author says, I could go on and on with all of the reasons people have listed for thinking they're too old for jujitsu. But much like the previous three, not one of them will hold any strength. You owe it to yourself to give jujitsu a shot. So at the risk of sounding like a bad advertisement, why not do it today? Don't wait. Don't get in shape. There's nothing you can do to get in shape for jujitsu or Muay Thai other than to actually do jujitsu and Muay Thai. Speaking from experience, the guy who spent three months getting physically ready to go to the gym, I was physically fit. I was in really good shape, could run for miles, could lift, could jump, could do all the stuff. First jujitsu class, I had to drive home with my wrists essentially because my hands were cooked from holding on for dear life and trying not to get strangled. Nothing that you do can prepare you for jujitsu or Muay Thai other than just going through the door and doing it. So yeah, why not do it today? It's, the, you know, the, it's been answered repeatedly, repeatedly. Am I too old for Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Type that into your search browser or your search engine. Guess what you get? Dozens, if not hundreds of articles on the question, am I too old for Brazilian jiu-jitsu? In fact, I'm reading one right now. <laughs> How many of these articles said you could not practice BJJ at your age? I'm going to guess somewhere between zero and zero. The same thing would almost certainly happen if you read the next 10 or even 20 articles. Because most of those articles are written by people who own gyms. <laughs> they want you to come into their gyms. They want you to train at their gyms. They're trying to generate a living. They're trying to earn a living by running a gym. Of course, they want you to train at any age. But secondarily, you are a valuable part of any gym if you are over 40. Because you have life experience. You have wisdom that these other people do not have. If you're 60 or 70, trust me, people will adore you. If it's a good gym and has a good personality and good coaches, people will adore you being there because they see this 50, 60, 70-year-old woman or man doing something that they thought was for young people. Or they're saying to themselves, wow, you're like a unicorn. You're a white buffalo. I've never seen someone so old do jujitsu or Muay Thai before. And the very fact that you show up and do it, they will respect you simply for, the, for that fact alone. So don't be afraid to walk through the door. Don't be afraid to get injured. Don't be afraid that the first night of class, you know, you're just going to get rickrolled. You might get rickrolled by the spazzy white belts, but, you know, just say to the coach, hey man, this is my first night, super nervous to be here. There's no shame in admitting that. It's everybody's nervous. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's intrepid their first jujitsu or Muay Thai class. It's okay. It's okay to be that way. It's okay to admit that. You're not shaming yourself. You're not saying anything that the coaches haven't heard or seen a million times. And just say, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm afraid to be here. So don't put me with anybody that's just going to, you know, break my shoulder or dislocate my kneecap or something. Be gentle with me. Or like I've said before, if you're a new student to the intro class, and you're afraid to roll with other people, I'll roll with you the whole class. I'll be, because I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a purple belt. I, I've been where you're at. I remember what it's like. And so I'm going to roll with you and I'm going to teach you 
to your level. And I'm not going to push you beyond your capabilities. And I'm going to let you take a break and, and recover from hyperventilating. And I'm going to answer your questions. And I'm going to try and keep you calm and relaxed and, and assure you this is all completely normal. It's okay to feel this way. It's good to feel this way. And as I've started to tell new people, it gets better. It just never gets easier. So read about Chuck Norris and Helio Gracie, for example. Chuck Norris is 75 years old as of the writing of this article, and he recently received a third-degree black belt endorsed by Jean-Jacques Machado. Helio Gracie died at 95 and taught classes days before he passed away. The question of age and jiu-jitsu has been answered over and over again. If you are older than three and your heart is still beating, you can train. So now it focuses on your perceived disadvantages. When you ask, am I too old to start jujitsu? You immediately assume that age is a disadvantage. But is it? While youth certainly has its benefits, age also has its strengths. Which is a great point, because notice, whenever someone brings up age, it's usually a negative. It's not a positive. It's not as if someone is saying, I'm 50. Step out of the way you're about to see something incredible happen. That doesn't happen. Instead, it's usually a pejorative. It's seen as a negative. Oh, you're 50. Well then, are you sure you should be doing this at your age? You might break a hip. But even if age were a disadvantage, why would it matter? Jiu-jitsu is not the Hunger Games. You're not in some brutal kill-or-be-killed competition where only one student walks out of the gym with his or her head and neck firmly intact. Jiu-jitsu is about making yourself better, nothing more. It's about self-improvement and growth. It's about bettering yourself. That's it. Full stop. That's what jiu-jitsu is. Leaving the competition on Saturday, seeing my teammates win their division, get the belt, be Naga champions, I was super impressed by their performance, congratulatory, but there was still a part of me that was jealous of them, envious of the fact that I didn't get a belt. And so part of me, again, as an older man, as someone who fought a black belt, (laughs) is I have to remind myself that I am not 24, 25. I don't have the time to put in the work to be a quote-unquote constant champion, that when I show up at a tournament, I'm always going to be in first or second place. I have a lot of second place medals, but that's usually because there's two or three people in my division. And so I win some and I lose some. I think I'm four and seven in competition now after Saturday. And the point is then that it is easy to fall into the trap of comparing yourself, your performance, your technical level and skill to younger people. It's a trap. Don't do it. It doesn't matter what age you are. It has nothing to do with age. I've won matches against people that were 21 years old. I've fought people um, that are twice as young as I am and I defeated them. I beat them. Age is not the issue. Jiu-jitsu is about the technique. And if you're fighting against someone your weight, uh, within your experience range, your age really isn't a determining factor if you're concentrated on technique and you are reacting in the fight and not overthinking things. 
So that's not an excuse. It's about making yourself better. And to my point, when I left on Saturday, I felt like I had leveled up. I had a newfound sense of freedom and excitement about jujitsu because I just fought a black belt to a standstill and he only beat me on points four to zero. He didn't even like rack up points against me. And so then when I went and trained with my coach this morning, I could feel that. And what I mean by leveling up is, is it's not all of a sudden there's all this technique that's available to me that I now know and remember. It's not like that. For me, it's a freedom of movement and thought that I'm free in the moment from overthinking, from overanalyzing, and I'm just rolling. I'm just sparring. For me, that's what leveling up means, is that I'm not a slave to my mind. I'm not a slave to my body. I allow my body to do what it can do, and I allow my mind to be free of the clutter of well, maybe I should go for an underhook instead of an overhook. And, oh, I don't know if my hip is in the right position. And, you know, if he does this, what should I do? No. In sparring, in a fight, that's not the time to play chess. And, and that's just my opinion, but a fight, you're reacting. What you do in the gym, the work you do in the gym is preparation so that in the fight, you don't have to think about what you're going to do. I was telling some white belts on Saturday and leading up to last Saturday don't overthink this because whatever you do in the gym, the habits that you've developed in the gym, in the fight, you will revert to those habits, good and bad. Everything gets exposed when you're in a fight. Things that you never thought you would do in a million years, all of a sudden come out of you in a fight and you catch yourself thinking either during or after, why the hell did I do that? Why did I jump guard like that? I never jump guard. And, like, what did I do that for? But then there's other times you grab that Kimura or... You make that transition and escape from a rear naked choke because you've done it a hundred times, a thousand times in the gym during sparring with your teammates. Trust your technique. Trust the process. Trust that when the moment comes, you won't need to think about what to do. It'll just be there. And if it's not, go back into the gym and use that as your workbench, as your laboratory and figure out, oh, you're not good at stand up and takedowns? Well, Guess what I'm going to be doing for the next three months until the next tournament? Stand up and takedowns. Oh, you're not very good at retaining guard. Okay, guess what I'm going to do for the next three months? I'm going, to, I'm going to practice retaining guard. What did I do? What were my strengths? What did I do right? Okay, let's emphasize. Let's accentuate that. Let's figure out different routes to get to that submission. But that's what you're doing. You're constantly tinkering and fine-tuning and tweaking your technique in relation to your teammates and then against your opponents in the fight to make yourself better. So win or lose, again, it's a cliche, you either win or you learn. Well, you lose too. But you can lose and learn. You're not a loser as so long as you're learning from your losses. If you never learn from your losses and you keep getting knocked out because you always drop your lead hand and get caught on the chin with a hook over and over again, you're a loser. And you need to find a better coach or better training partners. You need to be more self-aware. You need to watch more fight video Record your fights, watch it back and notice what's, what's the thing. Why do you keep getting caught with that hook? Ah, I dropped my left hand when I throw this rear kick. Okay, let's fix that. Because getting knocked out, in case you don't know, kind of sucks. So yeah, that's what you're doing. You're making yourself better. That's it. Whether you get a silver medal, a belt, whether you don't end up on the podium at all, if you never win a single match of a single tournament, are you getting better though? 
not, and again, not just better as a jujitsu practitioner or a Muay Thai practitioner or whatever it is that you're pursuing. Are you better as a human being? Because really that's all that matters. Because when the jujitsu is gone, when the Muay Thai is gone, when you're not in the gym training, when you're just out in the civilian population, are you a better person or are you not? And are you making other people around you better or not? Are the people around you making you better or not? And if they aren't, why are you around them? So you think to yourself, well, I'm old and being old is going to cut into my training time. Mm. If you're sitting around wondering if you're too old to start jujitsu, that's because you're not training. And not training cuts into your training time. Cutting into your training time is bad. Therefore, you need to stop sitting around and wondering if you are too old to start jujitsu. But like I said, it applies to Muay Thai, rock climbing, hiking, traveling, skydiving, whatever it might be. Am I too old to start this? Not unless there's an actual age limitation posted above the door. No one over this age allowed to enter the premises. Don't allow your age to limit the scope of your imagination and ambition. It's just a number. And yeah, amongst the civilian population, the prevailing wisdom is when you get to a certain age, you're supposed to just settle in, enjoy the rest of your life, and die. Well, I reject that. I reject it outright. It's a lie. It's not a myth. It's not an illusion. It's a lie. If you want to do at 50 what you did at 30, change your diet, change the way you sleep, change your exercise, change your relationships, change your life so that at 50 you can train like you did at 30 with adjustments for your age. Just because there's wear and tear on the tires doesn't mean you just drive the truck off a cliff. Doesn't mean you abandon the truck for a better truck. You just got to take into account there's a lot of tread worn off those tires. And there's just certain things you're not going to be able to do with that old truck that you used to be able to do. Doesn't change the fact that you love the truck. Doesn't change the fact that it's still functional. Just means that maybe you can't go off-roading like you used to. I have no idea where that analogy came from, but... I actually find it quite humorous. <laughs> oh, goodness, I had too much coffee this morning. Cutting into your training time is bad. Like I said, the older you get, the more deliberate you have to be about training. Wednesdays, I do a double training session, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. For the rest of the week, I train every single day for at least one hour. Hard training for at least one hour. And then I try and teach, again, four to five days a week, so that I'm still practicing my jujitsu Muay Thai, but I'm doing it as a teacher now, which is a lot less wear and tear in my body. So if you're saying to yourself, well, I can't roll every day. Okay, good. Can you go to the gym every day? Can you sit in and watch a class every day? Can you drop in every other day? On the days that you're not rolling or not sparring or not training, can you go lift? Can you do CrossFit? Can you go for a jog? Can you do stuff at home? Can you go to the gym and watch your instructor teach a class or maybe do a private with your instructor and say, you know what? I can't roll every day with these young studs in the class, but maybe once or twice a week or once a week, can I just do a private with you and we can work on stuff from there? There's ways around this if you allow yourself to imagine possibilities for how to get the right amount of training in for you. When I started jujitsu, 
twice a week finished me because I wasn't in the right shape. Now, like I said, I train every day of the week, twice on Wednesdays. I train for competition. And after five and a half years, I'm actually having a conversation with my coach about whether to go to Nogi Worlds in October in Texas and compete. If you had said five years ago, in five years, you're going to have this conversation and it's going to be serious. Like, we're not joking. This is a serious conversation. I would have just been like, you're out of your damn mind. There is no possible way that in five years, I'm going to be anywhere near that conversation. And here I am. And even if I don't compete, just to be able to have the conversation lets me know I have grown, I've improved. And therefore, to me, that's the point, to get better at jiu-jitsu, to get better at Muay Thai, to be able to have the conversation. I'm even having conversations about doing Muay Thai fighting next year. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but the conversation's on the table because my coach and others are saying, yeah, you do really well, actually. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. I hadn't really thought about it, but sure, absolutely. Other people see you're ready and they say it, you're ready. You can do this. Because against other people my age and my experience level, yeah, I have a fighter's chance. I have a puncher's chance. I'm good. Again, I may not be great. I may never be the best, but that's not the point. The point is to push myself, to test myself, to go through that fire, to come out the other side and level up for the love of Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, for the love of martial arts, for the love of just training, just showing up and training with my teammates. So stop sitting around. Stop wondering if you're too old to start jujitsu. It's literally just that easy. Just go today. Go get the information. Go sit in on a class. Go get a free class. Go, go to the intro class. Give it three to six months. Just in your mind, commit yourself to three to six months. Give this a chance. Because the more time that you sit around asking if you should start training the less time you will have to train. It's just that simple. We complicate it. The people around us complicate it by naysaying us and telling us we're too old or we're too this or we're too that. You're not. You're perfect. So try it. The road to jiu-jitsu black belt is one of the hardest and most rewarding journeys you will ever take, but you need to make it to the gym first. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. So again, at the risk of sounding like a bad advertisement, call up your local gym, start your first class today. Lots of gyms offer a free class. Your first class is free. No bar to entry. You don't even have to invest your money. They, good gyms will have equipment for you. I run, a, I run a gym out of my church basement and I have equipment for people that show up and want to train. It's not that big of a deal nowadays to get the equipment and to have the stuff available for new students who know nothing about this martial art. If you show up for Muay Thai, the gym should have gloves and shin guards and all that you need to jump into class. And if your coach is legit, they're not going to throw you in at the deep end and not allow you to get just torn to pieces your first class. A good instructor, in my opinion, will not only be good at instructing in the art of jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai, but they will protect you from the more experienced students who are maybe at a point where they're just starting to spar or maybe they're sparring, but they're still spazzy and a little bit of danger to other people. 
or they're further along and they can kind of take you under their wing and say, hey, I've been around five years, 10 years. I've been where you're at. Stick with me. I'll help you out. I'll point you to other people in the gym that I think would be good for you to train with who will kind of take you under their wing like I have and protect you and bring you along and nurture you so that you can fall in love with this thing that I've fallen in love with. Because at the end of the day, that's really what I want. I want other people to fall in love with Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu to get out of it what I've gotten out of it. And I don't even know what else is coming. That's what's exciting. Every time I walk in the gym is, I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder what I'll learn today. I wonder what I'm going to injure today. (laughs) But I'm also very picky about who I train with, depending on the day. If I got a lot of bumps and bruises, I'm going to train with the older guys and women. I'm going to train with people that I trust that I can say, hey, I, you know, I got this, this edema on my shin, so don't put me in lockdown today. It's just, I, I got to heal this. Or I got fluid on my elbow, so don't grab my elbow and tweak it. Don't torque on my left, my left arm. All those kinds of things. You train with people on those days. And then there's other days where I'm like, just bring it. Just bring the pain. Let's just see what happens. Come on, spazzy white belts. Let's do this. Whatever it might be. But the older you get and with the wisdom you accumulate over the years, hopefully then, you can apply that to jujitsu and Muay Thai when you enter into this discipline, this art. And that you can grow to love it, fall in love with it, and stick with it like I have and like others have. And join this fraternity of misfit toys that have found each other through this beautiful art called jujitsu. So whatever it may be, wherever you may find, find yourself in your life, no matter what age you are, whether you are 10 or 40 or 80, you are perfect for jujitsu. Try it out. Commit yourself to it. Do it today. Don't wait. At first, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be rough. It's going to hurt, but it gets better after about three months. I promise you that. It does. It doesn't get easier, but it gets better because you get physically conditioned to it. You get mentally conditioned to it. You start to build these relationships with your teammates. You look forward to seeing them. It's like you start thinking about, it's like one of my students for my gym says, when she's sitting in church on Sunday, all she's thinking about is three hours till we spar, two hours till we spar, one hour till I spar. And then she gets to the gym and she's like, shit, time to spar coach. But she leaves just smiling ear to ear. It's one of the best things that she has going for her every week is looking forward to training Muay Thai Thursday through Sunday. It's changed her whole life. She never even thought it was possible to feel the way she feels. And Muay Thai gave that to her. And I got to be a part of that. I got to share in that. And to me, that's an immense and an amazing gift that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. I wouldn't trade my coaches for anything in the world or my teammates. I love them to death. But in order to have that, you got to walk through the door. So age is not a disadvantage. It's an excuse. So no more excuses. Move forward, push through the door, start today. Go on that adventure. Set your ambitions higher than you think is possible. Have fun. That's the point. You're alive. Have fun. Have that childlike sense of wonder and curiosity and playfulness because jujitsu and Muay Thai is the place to engage that. And being around younger people, like I said, it'll make you young. It'll give you a different view of the world. It'll, you'll be excited again. Maybe injured, but excited. <laughs> Tired and beat up, but excited. 
And so I hope if anything that, whether it's jujitsu or Muay Thai, or like I said, any other thing that you're thinking about doing in your relationship, in your job, in life in general, do not allow that number that's attached to you. You were born on this day at this time in this place. And therefore today you're 50, which means you have to stop doing X, Y, and Z things because you're too old. Speaking from experience, that's bullshit. Don't let people convince you. Don't let people limit you. Don't let people put their insecurities and their failure and their sense of quit on you. Don't be afraid to fail up and don't be afraid to succeed. All right. That's all I got today. Subscribe. Go to uh, Anchor FM, Warrior Priest Podcast to click that support button and help me out with everything that I do here at the podcast. Otherwise, you can go on over to Warrior Priest Podcast at wordpress.com. If you want to leave a comment or a recommendation for something you'd like to have me read on air and monologue about, that's the place to do it. Otherwise, thank you to everybody that subscribes to the podcast at WordPress at the, at the Warrior Priest um, podcast website. Thanks for everybody that supports the podcast at Anchor FM. Thank you so very much for all you do to encourage me and the feedback you give me. I truly appreciate it. I'm humbled by it and encouraged by it. Everything that you do uh, for the podcast to support it and, and suggest it to friends. It's one of my favorite things is to get a DM on Instagram from somebody who's like, hey man, a friend recommended that I listen to your podcast. I love it. Just wanted to reach out and say, keep doing this. I love, I love getting those messages. It's fantastic. So shout out to everybody that does that. Shout out to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. See you later, weirdos. Peace.